0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Wolves. It's time to dig in on two of the biggest question marks or two of the biggest needs, really, of the Timberwolves offseason. There needs to be a better effort to defensive rebound the basketball for the Wolves next season. It's time that that gets fixed. And also, more floor spacing, more perimeter shooting, more consistent perimeter shooting. Let's dig into that. Which players could be out? Which players uh, fill that void? who could potentially fill that void for the Wolves next year. Let's dig into that a bit further. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And uh, today on the show, I want to talk all about digging a bit further in some of the voids or, or I guess, really the needs the Wolves have for this offseason. We talked about on Monday's show and late last week as well. Look at some actual um, potential replacement players that the Wolves get active on the trade market, maybe even free agency. The traits the Wolves are looking for. Um, and what's going to really help this team's roster here moving forward. First of all, a big thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen every day. Locked On Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Locked On Wolves. Also, along with all of our other Minnesota Locked On podcasts, you can watch on the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage, twenty four seven, and it's free. Download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked T Wolves, and also at my account, which is at B Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Um, so later in the off season, we will get really really in the weeds on like lists of potential free agents and and all kind of you know like talk specifically about actual targets who may be available trade market free agency uh the draft not as much the wolves have one pick in this year's draft and it's like i think it's 53rd um let's see i have it yeah 53rd it's actually a pick that was originally the knicks the wolves got it from charlotte in a draft night trade last year the wolves don't actually own their own draft night uh draft night round two pick either so it's actually just number 53, we'll talk about that when we get closer. We'll talk about potential second round draft picks, et cetera. But what I want to do today is still a bit higher level. This may maybe a 20,000 foot view um, of a couple of needs that the Wolves have, how they could fix them. And I want to give some examples of like, here's why this team is so bad rebounding the basketball. And it's not Rudy Gobert's fault. Um, I want to dig into that. And actually, let's, let's set it up that way. So the Timberwolves, last season, 2021, 2022, finished the season, ranked 20, 28th in defensive rebound rate, 27th in defensive rebound rate, defensive rebound rate last season at 74.9%. They were seventh in offensive rebound rate, which was great. You know, Jared Vanderbilt had a lot to do with that. Um, that, that was last season, 21-22. So again, 27th in defensive rebound rate, seventh in offensive rebound rate. And again, the defensive rebound rate was 74.9%. This year, they finished 26th in defensive rebound rate. They improved by one spot. Their percentage was actually worse, 74.3%. The offensive rebound rate plummeted from 7th in the league to 27th in the league. So collectively, their overall total rebound rate got worse. The Wolves were a worse rebounding team in 2022-23 with Rudy Gobert on the floor, the reigning defensive rebounding king of the NBA. Their rebounding got worse overall. And the percentage got worse defensively as well. Now, did Gobert struggle on the glass? Well, no, I don't think we'd say he struggled on the glass. Um, I mean, like, depending on how you want to slice it, yeah, his rebounds per game were down pretty significantly, three per game. Um, His total rebound rate was down about four points. His, His defensive rebound rate was down about six and a half points. So, yeah, he had a worse rebounding season. So there is some... Blame to be put on Rudy Gobert. He led the league in total rebound rate and defensive rebound rate last season. Last season with the Jazz, he had a 36.3% defensive rebound rate, which is nuts. He led the league in total rebounds per game, the, the old rebound per game statistic at 14.7. And while the numbers were still good, it was actually his worst defensive rebounding season. And actually, you have to go all the way back to 2018 to find a worse total rebound and defensive rebound season for Rudy Gobert. So, yes, Gobert's rebounding was down. That's not the point here, though. The point is how poorly the Timberwolves' guards and wings rebounded the basketball this season, and that is an area where the Wolves can find the most improvement from 22-23 to 23-24. Now, a couple of things from last season to this season. Anthony Edwards improved on the glass. Anthony Edwards absolutely got better, and that was a, a big talking point On this podcast last summer was an area that Ant needed to improve was rebounding. He averaged a full rebound more per game this season than he did last year. His total rebound rate improved by 1.5%. His defensive rebound rate improved by 3.4%. He uh, rebounded the ball a little less offensively, but that's fine. I would more want him getting back on defense and grabbing offensive rebounds. But overall, in the defensive glass, Anthony Edwards improved. And that was a, a a big thing we needed to see. Also improving was Nas Reed. That was my biggest gripe with Nas Reed over the first three seasons of his career was for a center, somebody who primarily plays center, he doesn't rebound the basketball well enough. Well, his defensive rebound rate improved 4.8 points this year. Almost five full percentage points. His total rebound rate improved by 1.6%. Everyone on the Wolves saw their offensive rebound rate drop, and I talked about that earlier, going from 7th in the league to 27th. Part of that's Novando. Part of it is the philosophy shifted a little bit to getting back on defense, um, which didn't, of course, help because the Wolves also were a bad transition a defensive, a bad defensive team in transition. That's a topic for another day. So the Wolves were basically as a team were in no man's land. Less offensive rebounds, still not getting back in transition. Whatever. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that another day. Um but rebounding wise, Nas Reed and Anthony Edwards both held up their end of the bargain and that they both improved. They could both be better, but they both improved. Um the biggest problem for the Wolves was that Gobert didn't quite rebound to where Everybody expected him to. Carl Anthony Towns didn't early in the season and then got hurt. So when the Wolves were expecting to have two seven-footers, two centers at least, Towns only played 29 games this season. So now you're mostly starting Jade McDaniels and Kyle Anderson at the forward spots. Kyle Anderson's never been an all-world rebounder. He's an undersized four to begin with, and um, his rebound rate was, again, not anything to write home about. He was, uh, what, 10.5%, 16.9% of the defensive glass. Fine, not bad for a combo forward, but for your starting four, that's a little bit low. And it's not really Kyle Anderson's fault. That's He was miscast a bit, even though the Wolves were, were arguably the, at their best when Anderson was at the four next to Gobert. You don't bring Kyle Anderson in to start him at the four and ask him to grab, you know, eight rebounds a game. That's not his game. So the problem was a combination of Gobert taking a dip there, and also losing Jared Vanderbilt, um, and then playing undersized a little bit, ironically, when they spent the offseason trying to play big, and playing Anderson at the four as often as he did. Now, Nas Reed improving and Anthony Edwards improving helped, but there were a few other areas that, that the Wolves just really, really fell short rebounding-wise. I want to talk specifics about which players that production needs to get replaced, and then also I want to talk a little bit about shooting, kind of the same idea. Can the Wolves replace the shooting of player X with, you know, call it player Y in free agency or via trade and give a couple of examples of players who can do both of those things, can shore up both of those areas because those are the targets, wings, guards, even forwards, who can rebound and shoot threes. They would be best case scenario if you find somebody that can do both of those things. And there are some guys around the league. I'll give a few examples of guys that can do those, both of those things. So we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors, our friends over at Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. I have a bad habit of waiting to the last minute to buy tickets. I could think of plenty of examples. Uh, games down in uh, in Arlington, going to Twins Rangers. I live in Oklahoma City right now, so going to Twins Rangers. Um, going to, even in Minnesota, coming up and going to a Timberwolves game or a Twins game. Trying to find tickets at the last minute or concerts is another good one. It shouldn't be hard. Um, it, it should be something that, that's Pretty turnkey, and GameTime does exactly that. You can forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Snag your tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day is we'll be back again tomorrow. We're here every day through Friday. Um, we're going to start the player review series later this week. I think it's it's about time we dig into that. Um and uh, we'll get pretty granular on some players and uh, you'll you'll kind of get tip my hand a little bit on how I feel about some of these guys in, in their seasons here, I guess, still yet today, as we talk about some production or lack of production that needs to be replaced over the course of the offseason. So stay tuned the rest of the week again, Monday through Friday. Uh, still, even though it is the Wolves offseason, it is not offseason for Lockdown Wolves. All right. Um, so related to players who I would point out struggled the most rebounding the basketball this year for the Wolves. Let's do it this way. Um this is this is just kind of like a a quick and dirty way to do this. It's not perfect, but the best defensive rebounding team in the league by percentage this year is the Boston Celtics. Obviously they're still playing, they're phenomenal. Went to the finals last year. It's a good team. I get that. But they're also the best defensive rebounding team in the league. So, you sort their team by minutes played. And I'm going to use total rebound rate because I think I think that that I don't know, I think that's relevant because the Wolves struggled in both categories this year. Uh, but we could we could stick straight defensive rebound rate. But anyway, total rebound rate. Jason Tatum has a 13% total rebound rate. And Jalen Brown has a 10.4% total rebound rate. Those are the two highest minutes getters for the Boston Celtics. The Timberwolves' highest minute getter this year was Anthony Edwards. He had a 9% total rebound rate. So lower than Jalen Brown. There's no reason why Jalen Brown should be grabbing rebounds at a higher rate than Anthony Edwards Edwards is a little bit bigger, similar size, but is a little bit bigger. I'd argue he's a little bit more athletic. He can be more physical. Um, I'm not at all saying he's a better player than Jalen Brown at this moment in time, but there's no reason Jalen Brown should be out-rebounding Anthony Edwards. Jason Tatum is obviously much bigger and plays a lot at the four, but to get a 13% rebound rate out of him is pretty good. The only Timberwolves with a better than 13% total rebound rate this year, Rudy Gobert, obviously, Nas Reed. And Carlton E. had a 13.8%. Even Luka Garza, which, you know, it's it's a rate, so even though he only played in, you know, he played 250 minutes or so, Garza's rebound rate was only 14.5%, and it felt like he was hoovering up every potential available offensive rebound. Jason Tatum had a 13% rebound rate this season, total rebound rate. It's one of the reasons why he's such such a superstar, like one of many reasons, obviously. But to do that, that much work on the glass is is phenomenal. And, and again, we're talking... Guys with 13% or higher total rebound rates, the Wolves had four. The Celtics had one, two, three, four, five, six. Celtics had six guys. Well, okay, you can throw out uh, a couple guys that barely, uh, one guy who barely played. Um, But individual efforts on the defensive glass, especially for a team like the Celtics and also their guards. Let's do this. Derek White, Grant Williams. Derek White had a 6.9%. We'll call it 7% total rebound rate. Grant Williams is 9.7%. Um, these are, you know, rotation guys, not, uh, I mean, I guess Grant Williams is an undersized forward, but still Derek White, 6.9%, um, Grant Williams, 9.7%. You talk about other rotation guys on the Wolves. Well, I mean, D'Angelo Russell had a 5% total rebound rate when he was in a Timberwolves uniform, 5.2% this season. Jalen Ewell, 7.6%. Jade McDaniels, only 7.1%. You know who he's a lot bigger than? Grant Williams, Grant Williams had had almost three points higher of a total rebound rate. McDaniels is longer, taller, more athletic, all of the above. I know it's not his game. I know know he's on the perimeter guarding a lot, and that's why McDaniels' rebound numbers aren't better, but you still need more out of Jaden McDaniels. You still need more out of um, Jalen Noel. Like, you still need more out of your point guard spot. Now, Mike Conley only had a slightly better rebound rate than D'Angelo Russell, um, but... I think the impact of Conley crashing more frequently than D'Lo did and also avoiding being in no man's land you know, had a positive impact on the Wolves overall. The, the Wolves as a team rebounded the basketball better with Conley in the lineup than they did with D'Angelo Russell. I should have pulled the exact numbers, but promi- I promise you, the numbers back it up. The Wolves are a better defensive rebounding team, better rebounding team overall after the trade deadline than they were prior to the trade deadline. There's more than one factor to that, but subbing Russell in for Conley in the rotation and in the starting lineup definitely played into that as well. Um, yeah, so the point guard spot, all three of the Timberwolves point guards, Russell, Conley, Jordan McLaughlin, were all between 5 and 6% rebound rate. Uh, look at the Celtics. Derek White, 6.9%. Peyton Pritchard, 7.5%. Um, I, I mean, uh, Brogdon, 8.8%. So Celtics guards rebounding the basketball better than the Timberwolves guards. You may say that's only a point or, a point or two percentage-wise. That matters when you're talking rebound percentage. You know, say that's a half rebound a game. It's not, but say it's a half rebound a game. That right there, just among guards, that's an extra one and a half to two rebounds per game. Uh, This is is obviously fuzzy math that I'm doing right now, but like you get the idea. You go down the line and almost every position has a better individual rebound rate than the Timberwolves position. Um, And that's not necessarily Gobert's fault. Uh, It factors in, yes. But an extra two or three rebounds from your backcourt every game, that matters over the course of a season. It matters over the course of a game, right? I mean, like, how many games did we see uh, an an opposing team play volleyball in the offensive glass and beat the Wolves, especially early in the season? Um, That was always one of the Wolves' biggest weaknesses throughout the season. And, And the Wolves need to shore that up by finding guys on the perimeter, wings, guards, who are going to rebound their position. It's very easily overlooked, but how many how many times do you look at the box score and see a Delo one rebound game or a Torian Prince zero rebound game? I haven't even mentioned Prince. He's a major culprit. Torian Prince was eighth on the team in minutes this year. He was a, he had a six point two percent rebound rate. Six point two percent. Torian Prince is six foot seven. Played a a decent. I mean, he played a lot more three this year than four. You know, he played more three than he did the year before, but like. You got to have better than a, what did I say, six point six point two percent This is actually his career low rebound rate. Last season, Torian Prince had a 7.9% rebound rate. Two years ago, when he split it between Brooklyn and Cleveland, 8.8%. In Brooklyn, 10.6% the year before that. For his career, even including this year, 8.4%, he was just 6.2% this year on the glass. I mean, Torian Prince was a major culprit. Speaking of, let's talk a little bit about shooting and Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, all guys who the Wolves needed more out of in general this year. And I guess Prince shot the ball fine, but um, shooting and rebounding. All players that had shortcomings in those areas that the Wolves need to try and improve upon their production next year, whether it's those players or some combination. you know, Some of those guys will be back, some won't, I would guess. Um, or... It, whether the, those actual players improve, or the wolves replace them with players that can do those things, um, so what I want to do next is cite exactly you know exactly what I mean by that you know where these where these guys each individually struggle the most, and then give examples of guys out there who can do that, who can do both of these things actually, and they're not all attainable, but but it's the it's the mold of a player that you're looking for um, that would be a perfect fit with an Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert. Carl Anthony Towns led team, so we'll do that here next. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is also brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and into the finals, one Prize Picks users will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry played after 8 a.m. Eastern at 7 a.m. Central will be randomly selected every single day. Whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex with the following payouts: six correct picks gets one million dollars, five correct picks gets eighty grand. Four correct picks, get $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link, prizepicks.com slash million, to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal. You could be the lucky winner. How do you play the game like normal, you wonder? You ask? Very simple. Pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available in really any sport. Of course, the NBA as playoffs are ongoing. MLB, NHL during the playoffs, college sports, whatever you like. You can make your entry in less than 60 seconds. Download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at signup for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right. um, Talked a little before a minute ago about shortcomings for the Wolves from their perimeter players and guards. Torrey Prince, career-worst rebound rate this season. Jordan McLaughlin, career-worst three-point shooting percentage. He's gotten worse each of his four years in the league from outside the arc. Um Nikhil Alexander-Walker actually shot the ball better than he has for much of his career, but shooting shooting the ball consistently remains a challenge for him, and the rebound rate for him also was, uh, was actually a career low, not that it's ever been that impressive, but also doesn't rebound the ball particularly well for his size and, and for his position. Uh, Jalen Noel, a career-worst season shooting the basketball as well. So those four guys, either they need to get better or they need to be replaced in each of these categories. Jalen Wells is an unrestricted free agent. I've said this before already. I'd be surprised if he's back next season. Nikkei Alexander-Walker is a restricted free agent. There's a chance he's back. Jordan McLaughlin is also uh, under contract for next year, but there's an option for about $2.1 million on his deal. Uh, at this point, I think it's likely he's back, but it wouldn't shock me if he wasn't. Again, we talked about him the other day. And Torian Prince, also an option for next year, but it's for a little over $9 million. Um which isn't a bad deal. The question is, can you improve on that roster slot? Can you get a better player than Torian Prince for that slot on your roster? I think the answer is maybe. Um, so none of these guys are slam dunks to be back. It's I'd be surprised if they were all gone. Some mixture will be back. Now, Torian Prince has the the most proven, well, you could argue Torian Prince and Akil Alexander-Walker each have a very proven repeatable skill at the NBA level. Torian Prince is shooting the basketball. He's a 37% three-point Career three-point shooter. And he's been really good the last three seasons. 38% this last year, 37.5% last year, 40% the year before that when he split it between Brooklyn and Cleveland. So Torrey Prince can shoot the ball. However, I think he's lost a half-step defensively and the rebound rate is the worst of his career this last season. Nikkei Alexander-Walker can guard. Like, he can guard. We saw him guard Jamal Murray and I worry a little bit that the recency bias there, uh, I don't know that it'll cloud the Wolves' judgment, but fans need to remember Nikkei Alexander-Walker is a career 33% shooter from outside the arc. I know he shot it, you know, he was only 36% in a Wolves uniform, but he got hot a couple times early and then later. Um, for the year, he shot 38%, but just last season, split between New Orleans and Utah, he shot 31% from outside the arc. He's a career 34% or 33.9% three-point shooter. So is he an NBA-caliber three-point shooter? I don't know. I don't know that he's a plus shooter. Jordan McLaughlin is another story. He didn't rebound the ball well for his position, not that you count on him to do much, but he also did not shoot the ball well. He's gotten worse from outside the arc every single season. Went from 38% as a rookie to 36% to 31% to 30.8% this season. Not good. Jalen Noel talked all last season about how much he can get buckets, and he took a massive step backwards this last year. Um, Actually rebounded the ball a little bit better on the defensive end of the floor, but the turnover rate went up. The assist rate went down. The shooting percentages plummeted. He went from 39% last season to 29% this year from outside the arc. That was the biggest issue. uh, But he also continued to struggle defensively, had lots of lapses on that end of the floor, ended up just a high usage volume scorer without repeatable success. So all four of those guys could find their roles outsourced next season. They could all very well be replaced. And, both categories I mentioned, rebounding and three-point shooting, need to be improved for the Wolves. Um, so if you go through and you look at uh, players who do both of those things really well, um, I did a search on basketball reference, and I'm going to give just a couple names. Basically, guys who had a rebound rate. What were my parameters? Shoot, I lost my parameters. Basically, I think it was like 7% rebound rate and 37% from outside the arc. So a little better than league average um, and I was looking at wings essentially a little better than average from outside the arc league average over the last few years. And also um, essentially a little better than average rebounding the basketball for a forward And Jason Tatum's of course on that list. There's some other names on that list that are, that are stars. There aren't a ton of them, honestly, but there's also some guys that like, like late career Vince Carter is a guy who did those things, who rebounded the basketball and shot threes um, stars. Now, OG Ananobi. Um by the way, I I'm not like I'm not digging into this now. He's only got a couple years left on his deal. One of them is a player option. Could the Raptors retool with the new coach this year? Possibly. Um so don't forget that name because OG Ananobi there's a lot to like there. You're talking about a guy who I mean what what's his deal? He signed the extension almost uh, a little over 2 years ago. So he's got 18.6 million next year, 19.9 million on player option the year after and he's still only He's not yet 26. He turns 26 this summer. He shot almost 39% uh, from three this year, career 37.5%, and he's got a rebound rate for his career over 8%. As a, Essentially, he's a three. That, that player's a nice fit next to Anthony Edwards in the Timberwolves uniform if the Wolves could land an OG and an OB. Uh, Buddy Heald is one that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be on this list because I have never been the biggest Buddy Heald fan. There's a lot of empty shooting there and like nothing else for how much he gets paid he's on the books for 19.2 million next year with indiana i don't think the wolves trade for buddy healed i don't necessarily want them to trade for buddy healed but he's an example of a guy who shoots the heck out of the basketball like what was he he's 42 and a half percent this year which is actually his best season in three four years shooting the ball but for his career he's over 40 percent. he's a career he's got 8.2 He's got an 8.2% career total rebound rate. This was his best season total rebound rate and defensive rebound rate. Rebounding the basketball for Indiana. He's now, he's gonna be 31 next year, which is crazy. I don't know that it's a this year thing, but if he's still shooting and rebounding and, you know, you're after this one, or if you can get him at the deadline for whatever, like, that's not the worst idea, right? Um, doesn't obviously solve your defensive problem, whereas and Ananobi can defend. So that's that's a bit of a different conversation. Here's a name. A player that was teammates with Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal. Now, Royce O'Neal's got uh, what does he have? I guess only one year, nine point five million left on his deal. Royce O'Neal could do both of those things, right? I mean, we're he's a guy who uh, almost three quarters of his shots, more than two thirds of his shot attempts, come from three. He's a career. He's got a ten percent career, nine point nine percent total rebound rate, nine percent this year. He's a career 38%, 38.4% shooter from beyond the arc. He's been between 38 and 39% each of the last three years. He played with Gobert in Utah for five seasons. There's other names on this list that have, like, uh, Alec Burks is on the list of, of guys, like um, Alec Burks isn't a solution in 2023-24, but he played in Utah. Like, Utah had a blueprint, and I don't necessarily think this is Utah upper Midwest, or it should be necessarily, But what they did worked in the regular season. What they did worked in the regular season. They had Mike Conley. They had Rudy Gobert. They had a high-volume, high-usage scorer in Donovan Mitchell. And I think Anthony Edwards has a higher ceiling than Donovan Mitchell. He is not as good now as Donovan Mitchell was in Utah and certainly not as good as he is now. But the ceiling for Anthony Edwards is higher for a number of reasons. That's not the conversation we're having now, but it's higher. Surround them with good shooters. You know, decent perimeter defenders, which is what kind of part of what undid Utah at the end. There is they didn't have those, and uh, good rebounding wings. Rose O'Neill, Bogdanovich, obviously you had Conley, Gobert, Donovan, Mitchell. Um, other Ricky Rubio is another example of a guy who played defensively rebounded as a guard. It was there before Conley, of course. Um, the three point shooting was fine there; it wasn't what it needed to be, and there's a reason he was replaced by Conley. But you go on down the list. And you look at some of those wings, and there's something we'll revisit this offseason. Utah knew what they were doing to build a team that was as good as they were in the regular season consistently, offensively, and rebounding the basketball, and record-wise in the Western Conference won more games over a four-season stretch than any other franchise in the West. I don't think the Wolves need to replicate. I don't want them to replicate exactly what Utah did. But they need shooting. They need floor spacing. They need toughness on the glass. And Jalen Noel, Jordan McLaughlin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Torian Prince are guys who those roles could be replaced heading into next season. Um, to be clear, they all could have a spot on this team in the right situation. Like I, I said, I think on Monday's show, Jordan McLaughlin could be the third point guard next year for $2 million a year. That'd be fine. Like Jordan McLaughlin can be a good player. We've seen him be a really, really good player. That, what, that didn't happen this year, right? Jalen Noel, I don't think there's any way he's back um, Torian Prince, probably 50-50, maybe a little bit more likely than not he's back. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I don't have a good handle on whether or not he'll be back, but let's not let the recency bias of him defending Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Jamal Murray in the play-in and in the playoffs, respectively, cloud our judgment of, of him being a you know a, a mediocre three-point shooter and how important that is. You've got Jade McDaniels and Anthony Edwards to play perimeter defense anyway. You still have Kyle Anderson. You still have Mike Conley. Obviously, the depth mattered this year with perimeter defense. You needed Alexander Walker in the playoffs, but can you find somebody that does that shoots the ball a little bit better? Something to keep in mind. All right. Wednesday, we're going to launch into player reviews, unless anything else crazy happens between between now and Wednesday, and who knows. Uh, but the plan is to start those the rest of this week. We'll we'll you know, as we get into next week, do maybe one per day. End of rotation guys, bench guys, two-way guys, we'll do a segment, segment and a half on each guy instead of, uh, you know, a full show. So uh, that's how we'll spend the next several days here. Um, Of course, NBA playoff basketball um, is ongoing, so that's a ton of fun. Make sure you're following and subscribed to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you to those of you who do make Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, free and available everywhere, including your favorite audio platforms on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.